Evening church, how's everybody doing today? Can we just get up and uh, let's sing a little bit of worship? Come on, sing it out. To the King of glory and light, all praises. To the only giver of life, our maker. The gates are open wide, we worship you. Come see what love has done, amazing. He bought us with his blood, our Savior. The cross is overcome, we worship you. And if you believe that, let's hear you shout it. See, shout, Hosanna, Jesus, he saves. Shout, Hosanna, he rose from the grave. And lift him up, Hosanna. Now let the lost be found, forgiven. Death could not hold him down, he's risen. So let the saints cry out, We worship you, we worship you. So Hosanna, Jesus, he saves. Shout, Hosanna, he rose from the grave. Come and lift him up, Hosanna. Come on, let's sing that bridge. If you believe that he is worthy, if you believe that he rolled that stone away, sing it. They roll the stone away The same power alive in us today King Jesus, we call upon your name No other name The same power They roll the stone away The same power alive in us today Shout Hosanna. Amen.
Michael Romero, your worship pastor here at New Beginnings. And I want to share something with you on Sunday. We shared some scripture. But I want to just keep going with that just a little bit more because he said this. Psalm 27, verse 4. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. And he says, For He will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in His sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At His sanctuary I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing, and praising the Lord with music. Hey, isn't that what we're doing right now? <laughs> Amen. So we want to welcome you today into His presence, into His temple. We don't welcome the Lord into this place because He's already here. We say, Lord, thank you for having us in this place with you. This is His temple. So Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here with you tonight, Lord. So tonight, Lord, we sing shouts of joy and of praise for the victory that is to come through your word and through our time of worship with you tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, church, let's give him a shout of glory tonight, yeah? That's what we're going to do. He says, give a shout of joy and of praise through music. Amen. That's what we're going to do. So we're going to sing this together. Come on. Here's our victory song. Amen. Come on, sing it. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of
we declare that we say the King is alive. That's the hallelujah that you're raising right now. That stirring up that you feel right now inside of your spirit, that's the hallelujah that you're raising right now. To say that death is defeated, the King is alive. That's right now what you're doing is you're raising that hallelujah to say, Lord, I know you're in control. Lord, you are the King of kings. You are the King of glory. Lord, I give you full control. Lord, I raise a hallelujah. That's what we're here to do. So, Lord, we raise a hallelujah to you, Lord. That's the word. That's what we just read about. When we come into his temple to seek his shelter, and we say, Lord, I'm going to raise that hallelujah, Lord, because to who else do I go to, Lord? Who else do I run to? Lord, whom else do I go to? Only you have the words of eternal life. So tonight, we're going to raise that hallelujah one more time. I want to sing it. We want to sing that one more time, but not just because the words are up there, but because the words are in here. I don't want you to sing it because you're reading it. I want you to sing it because you believe it. And you say, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Come on, sing. I'm going to sing. Come on. In the middle of the storm. Louder and louder. You're going to hear my praises up from the ashes. Up from the ashes. Come on. Hope.
tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living
Come on. We're going to sing it again. Say hallelujah with me. Say hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. It has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living. Come on again, hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, it has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. safer, Lord, than to be with you. And that's where we are right now. So grateful, Lord, for this time of worship, Lord, with you to speak about and to sing about, Lord, our joy and the truth of who you are to us and for us, Lord, our Savior and our living hope. Thank you, Lord. As tonight we have come into this place, Lord, with brokenness and triumph all at the same time, all in the same moment, all in the same person. But Lord, we come into this place, Lord, because you are in control of all things. And so, Lord, we've come to celebrate with you and to lament with those who are lamenting. So, Lord, be with us, Lord, open up our hearts in this moment. Lord, and open up our ears and our hearts, Lord, for your oncoming word. Heavenly Father, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Why don't you celebrate that time with the Lord, church? What a beautiful time of worship. And while we are celebrating that, why don't we celebrate this time together as we greet one another in the name of Jesus. Well, my family, I don't think there is another church that can boast that they have a choir of this size. Because, man, y'all came to sing and y'all came to worship tonight. What a beautiful time. 
Church, we want to welcome you into tonight's service. Once again, uh, if you're just kind of coming in or maybe just joining us online, we want to welcome you and I will reintroduce myself. My name is Michael Romero. I am your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings. And um, before uh, we turn over the pulpit tonight to tonight's teacher, I would, I, I want to catch you up um, on some things. Pastor Richard sends his greetings. Uh, he's, let's see, he's probably landing as we speak into Albuquerque right now from Oklahoma City as we um, as he took part of um, the installation service for the new president of Mid-America Christian University. He was afforded the opportunity to to host a, the prayer portion and pray him into his position. And so we want to honor Pastor Richard, but he's landing probably this very second. So if he's watching, Pastor Richard, we love you, we miss you, and we will see you soon. But he is. Um, but I do want to catch you up on a couple of things that are going on, church. I know that on Sunday we were told that that was the cutoff time for our tickets to the 40-year celebration. We have been completely overwhelmed with, of course, the last-minute people, you people, us people. <laughs> But um, we, have, we have been able to keep it open until tomorrow at noon. So if you have not, per- and I see a lot of fans going, but it was not hot in here until something happened. <laughs> I still see spots. I literally see it foggy in here, but thank the Lord for that. But hey, church, if you have not purchased your tickets, I would please tell you, do it quickly. And they're available only through the app or through online. The table is not available tonight. And so if you need help with that, please come and see me tonight after service if you need help with that. Um, if, if you need help making that uh, purchase with cash or with a check, or even if you need help with it, just doing it all together with a card, please come and see me, see Brother David. Uh, you can see Brother AJ, Brother Chris Camarasa. We help or anyone at the help desk, whether it's Sister Liz or Sister Tressa, they were more than willing to help you guys take care of that um, because we would love for you guys to participate. We do need to get a final count by uh, tomorrow at noon, okay? So please do that. Uh, hey, church, I want to invite somebody on the stage. Uh, let's call up Brother AJ. Let's welcome him to the stage. Brother AJ Coley. Um, AJ Coley is not only... Uh, one of our worship leaders uh, and and my right hand man here at the worship arts department, but Pastor uh, Brother AJ Coley, rather, he has taken on the lead uh, position for the young adults group. So, for those of you that are in the room that are 18 to 25, um, I want to talk a little bit about the young adults group, about what's going on. Brother AJ, tell us. It starts tomorrow night. The, the gathering is the first gathering is tomorrow night. So, if you're 18 to 25. And you're saying, there, there's not a group for 18 to 25-year-olds. There's nothing going on for college and career age. I want to tell you something. This is a good opportunity for you to get involved with your peers. AJ, tell us what's going on, kind of what's, what's going on, what's, what's going to happen in the next nine weeks or however many weeks you guys have planned. Talk to us a little bit about what's going Definitely. on. So <clears throat> we're starting this, this, uh, this new college and career young adults ministry. And I'm so excited to get it started because I remember... What it felt like uh, when I was 18, I graduated high school, and I had zero plan for my life. 
not only did I not have a plan, but I wasn't following God. And I wish that between, let's see, I'm 24 now, uh, be 25 uh, in the next few months, I wish between 18 and before I came to Christ, I had uh, people my age who were, um, who were really built up in the Lord, um, who built their life uh, on his foundation, and um, how, I don't know, <laughs> basically people my age who, who wanted to follow God and wanted to find their purpose just like me. So I want to start this group to help whoever graduated high school, if you just graduated high school, if you're still around that college age, if you're in college, if you're not, if you haven't decided if you want to go to college, if if you're just trying to find a purpose in your life, I want to help you do that because I wish I had that growing up uh, within that period. So AJ, tell us a little bit about the curriculum that you guys are using, where it's headed, and also... Tell us about some of the activities that you guys are going to take apart because it's not just sitting around. It's going to be held in this sanctuary, right? It's not going to be held in a smaller setting. It's going to be held in this sanctuary. Um, Some of the activities that you guys are going to take part of because it's not just, okay, guys, open up your books. You know, it's not like a college class, like like a seminar or, or, or lecture hall. It's going to be a fun and interactive class, which includes activities even outside of the building. So talk to us just real quickly on some of those, those activities that you guys have planned. Definitely. So the curriculum that we're doing right now, it's called Discerning God's Will. And in the curriculum, uh, we're going to discover our talents and our gifts that God has given us um, and how God wants to use those talents to apply to our life, to apply to uh, our school, what we want to do uh, as a career. But not just that, but most importantly, what we should do with our gifts for the kingdom of God. Because that's what's more, most important, right? Um, so that's really the main focus of our curriculum is, is truly, thank you, uh, discovering those hidden talents and gifts that you may not even know you had. Um, discovering about who yourself and how you can apply uh, to the movement of God's kingdom, to um, our church. Uh, when you go to school, when you go to your jobs, how you can carry the word of God with you throughout the rest of your life. And thank you, Brother AJ. And, and so if you want more information on how you can participate and how you can join that group, please get with Brother AJ today after service. Uh, he'll be available um, after service. You can catch him in the hallways you know, and just talk to him. And there's a sign-up. You, you can talk to him about signing up. Or you can just show up tomorrow, and that's going to be tomorrow at 7 o'clock here. So if you want to get here, about what time? 6.45-ish? That'd be awesome for you guys to join. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate that. So please come and join. If you're 18 to 25, college and career, and you want somewhere to kind of, you're like, I feel like I'm not in high school and I don't belong there, but I don't, I don't know if I belong in the, in the, in the New Beginnings men's group, because then I want you to fill that, st- that spot, okay? Uh, the young men of God. Um, New Beginnings, uh, the trunk or treat is... We're in desperate need of your donations of candy. We are in a huge deficit in candy. We are, um, so last year we had a room full at this time of candy. And right now we have maybe a corner full of candy. So if you can, uh, we would greatly appreciate you uh, dropping off whatever you can for um, the Trunk or Treat, which is an awesome community outreach event. Remember, it's a community outreach event. That comes that calls in 
people from the community. So it's not necessarily candy for just, yeah, here's, it's, it's used for an outreach opportunity to bring people to Christ. So we want you to keep that in mind. It's a huge, it's one of our biggest outreach uh, events that we have throughout the year where we get a couple of thousand visitors that come in through um, our property and we get to share who we are, what we do, the reach up, reach in, and reach out about who we are. So church, keep uh, in touch about what's going on with New Beginnings through our Facebook, through our social media, right, uh, through our app. And through our website on our events page. Okay, and thank you so much for all that you're doing. All of those, of course, like we always mention, thank you so much for your faithful, faithful discipleship in your, in your giving. And if you have not um, been able to be a part of that and you would love to be a part of what we're doing in the community, we invite you to do that through our platforms, our digital platforms, and nbc.com forward slash give, or through our texting, our app, um, or we have our tithing boxes at the doorways of this sanctuary. Amen? But we thank you so much, church, for your faithfulness and your continued obedience in the mandate of uh, your obedience of tithing. Thank you so very much, because without that, we couldn't do what we do. So with that, I turn over the pulpit to our, to our speaker tonight. Brother David Sanchez may take the platform. Hello, church. How are we doing tonight? Man, wasn't worship fantastic tonight? You know, so I just think it's crazy because I've had kind of a day. Are y'all with me, you know? So I woke up today, and I went to the gym with, uh, oh, you guys know Jessica Ramirez, our, our kids minister. She and I go to the gym sometimes together. Really cool lady. So we went out to the gym today, uh, and after the gym, I just spent some time in prayer because, you know, apparently I'm preaching tonight, and, you know, that's always been something that I've been passionate about, but something that I'm nervous about, too, because, you see, the thing is, I grew up kind of at this church for a bit. I was one of these young people over here for a while. Um, these are my youth, in case you haven't met them. I, uh, if you guys want to raise your hand, all my youth, so that, that way they see you. That's, these are my little group, and we're hanging out here tonight because what we're talking about specifically is what we're doing in youth. Essentially, you know, I've been seeking God for, for a hot minute now, and these last few months, God's really been showing me the direction that he's calling me to. And I truly believe that when God calls a person, he calls people to bring others with them. Are y'all with me, church? And so as I continue to seek God, as I continue to learn, the youth is coming with me. This is what we've been talking about. This is what we're learning in youth. This is what we're putting into practice. And I want to cast that same vision here with you guys tonight. So number one, you guys know what your young people are up to, you know, when they're hanging out with me. I promise I'm not always all crazy, you know. Sometimes I know how to dial it down a little bit. But at the same time, I really just feel led to share with you so many things because like I said, I was one of these youth for a long time, and it's kind of intimidating, you know, being here standing before all of you because a lot of you guys remembered me from when I was there, and you know, a lot happens over time. How many of us know that we go through seasons in which God really presses us, and he really forces us to learn and grow, and we go through seasons where God tries to press us, and then we're just like, mm, I don't know about that one, you know, and we get kind of wishy-washy, and I feel like Lately, God's woken me up. Let me tell you a story real quick. One time, the first time I preached here uh, on a Wednesday night, I was super nervous about it because I'm the kind of guy that I've been saying since I could talk. You could ask my mom. She's sitting right over here. I've always wanted to be a preacher. I've always wanted to be a minister. 
you know? Uh, I remember we, we moved to the States when I was real little. I used to say, I need, I need to find money para que me compro corbata so I can buy myself a little ties because I want to be a minister one day. But you know what? God heard my prayers, and I'd find money everywhere we went. No, seriously. But what's crazy is it wasn't about the money. You see, we moved to the States because some crazy stuff happened in my family. My dad ended up passing away when I was about a year old. And you see, we moved... Uh, our church in Mexico tried to connect us to the church, to a church in Dallas. We pull up over there, and they said, hey, actually, we don't want anything to do with you guys. Your, your story's too messy. There's too much happening here. We don't want you guys as a part of our congregation. And again, y'all can ask my mom about it. She's right here. Sorry, you're going to be here all night tonight answering questions and praying for people. But, uh, but we ended up moving here to Albuquerque. A big tornado hit when we were in Dallas and scared the daylights out of my mom. And you guys know Albuquerque is pretty sunny. So, yeah, we, we, we came out here. And we've been here ever since. And, you know, again, not every church wanted to help us, but we, find our, we found our group of people. And it, we were still struggling. We were, we were homeless for a little bit living out of the car, you know. It, it was tough. But God called us here. I'm convinced of it, guys. I'm convinced that God saw our family in our distress in Mexico and said, I have a plan and I have a purpose for you. And, but here's what happened. There's a difference between that little two-year-old David that was, you know, existing back then and the 22-year-old standing before you now. Because for a second there, I feel as if I forgot who David Sanchez was. And I became David Sanchez. Are, are you with me? And some of you guys saw some good things out of David Sanchez. And so the first time I ever preached here, David Sanchez was the one preaching. But David Sanchez was fighting for life. I remember Pastor Richard said something along the lines of, hey, David. Great sermon, man. You hit it out of the ballpark. And I remember feeling like, hmm, did I? Something within me didn't want to fully buy into all that God had for me. But that all changed this year. I don't know if you guys met J.D. Padilla. He's not in here right now because he's actually serving right now, teaching some of our little kids in the, in the kids' wing. But J.D. Padilla is only a couple years younger than me. He and I went to high school to, together, believe it or not. And it's always the youth that I went to school with that I'm like, oh, do they remember me from high school? That, that could be bad, you know? But J.D. and I became really close, and th- this year at camp, Camp 2022 was fantastic, by the way. Night one, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm trying to do the most. God, I want to serve you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I brought my projector. I have like a tiny little projector I bought on Amazon. Great for movie nights, by the way. And I p- connected it to an iPad. It's like, let's watch a movie, guys. Like, I'm going to be the best camp counselor ever. And then that night I went out and I was praying and before I went to bed and I just couldn't sleep. And I was like, hey, God, um, just a reminder in case you didn't know, God, um, it's camp right now. Kind of the biggest event of the season, of the year, you know. Tons of kids got saved. I got saved. I, that's when I really experienced God's power at camp in 2016 for me. And now that it's relying heavily on me, you won't even let me sleep? I'm like, God, I need you to, I'm trying to serve you here. Can you help me out? And then that's when God spoke to me. He said, David, you're trying to serve me. I just need you to trust me. And I tell you the truth, church, it all changed from there. Because I said, so am I going to sleep tonight? And God was like, no. I said, am I going to sleep at all this week? He goes, we'll find out. Are you going to trust me? And I'm like, all right, God. And so that night, night one of camp, I'll never forget. It was June 20th, 2022. I just spent that time talking to Jesus and saying, I want to trust you. 
And I started asking him all the questions I had. I started telling him everything that I had. I remember at some point I even started just, you know, yelling at God, getting all the frustration out. And I realized, you know, I've never been fully transparent with God. God was calling me to something deeper because, you see, I'm the kind of guy, I want to know Scripture so good that I live it. You see, I want to love people so hard they suffer from it. That's the kind of guy I am. I I just want to love God and people with all my might. But if I'm going to do that, then I need to trust God with my all. So I didn't sleep that night, and the next day I already lost my voice. How are you going to preach every single day when you lose your voice? But when I tell you the Holy Spirit took over, I mean the Holy Spirit took over. Let me tell you this. Again, my boy J.D. Padilla, he at one point on Tuesday says, Hey, David, if you need a voice, if you need someone to yell for you, um, just, just let me know. I'll be your voice. I said, Cool. No problem. Uh, and then my voice got a little better by lunchtime. It's gone again. And then JD uh, is just standing right around. I'm like, hey, JD, I need you to pray for the, for the food. And he's like, right now? I'm like, yes, please. Uh, you said you would do this, remember? And I'm like, okay. And so he prays, and, you know, it's just your average, everyday, God bless this food, bless the hands, prepare to make it good for our bodies, and let us serve you today. You know, one of those standard prayers. And I didn't think nothing of it until after camp. JD said something along the lines of, you know, David, I've never prayed for anybody other than, than me. That's the first time I've ever been pushed to pray for someone else, especially not a huge crowd of people. And then he said, but something happened within me that day. I realized that God could work through me. This was J.D. Padilla. And if you guys know J.D., you know him. He's a lot like me. He's loud. He's kind of all over the place. But you know what? This guy is a different person now. Because that summer, he started sticking around by my side. We went to IYC the following week, and this guy said, David, I think I might be called to ministry. And ever since then, he's been helping out with the kids' wing. He's been doing so much. When I tell you that I believe my effectiveness as a minister has grown exponentially since that day, I mean, I can't even walk to Starbucks on a Sunday without getting stopped. Like, I'm just walking, and then someone's like, hey, I, I, I don't know you, but can you give me money? And I'm like, no, I don't have any of that, but I can pray for you, you know, and stuff like that. It's one of those things where once you truly start seeking the Lord, he takes you to places that you never thought you'd go. Once you truly start seeking the Lord, he'll open doors that you never thought would open. Once you truly start seeking the Lord, he gives you this kind of joy that's just unfathomable, that just, it's a strength that's just unmovable. And it's just absolutely amazing. And I know that because I believe that. But church, here's the thing. I grew up in the church. I was raised in the church. I went to Bible college. Why did it take me so long to just surrender every little thing? And it's not like I was out here doing the worst of the worst. You know, I was still I was working here. I was still preaching. I was still learning. I was still loving. But I was not fully surrendered. And it was after that moment of surrender that I realized the joy. I think about um, that one song, uh, all to Jesus I surrender. Like, I'm a, I'm a bit of a musician, and so I, I always think through songs. And there's this part that goes, oh, the joy of full salvation. Sin and death defeated. Glory to his name. I understand that now because I walk in the spirit. Now, church, it's... Um, it's, I have so much joy overflowing from my heart right now, but that's not what I'm here to tell you about. I'm here to tell you that 
I'm here to meet you with all that I am for all that you are, because I believe that's who God is. I think that's what God does. God comes at us with all that he is for all that you are. He does not want to leave an ounce of you behind. But it's a full-time job to follow Jesus. And let's be real, church. We live in Albuquerque. It's kind of crazy out here, yeah? I, I kid you not, I was... I was um, my friend Orlando, he's sitting right over here. They, they recently opened their second location of Don Tortas. We did a fundraiser there a little while ago, if you guys remember. Uh, they opened their second location. They asked me to come down and pray for, for the grand opening, and we did that. And I'm with one of my friends. We're driving down Central and Coors, and I'm just telling him about, like, yeah, man, I want to just get people off the streets. I just want to serve. And the second I started talking about this, suddenly some woman is running across the street, and she's holding her abdomen. She had gotten stabbed or something like that. It was like when we called the police, we got her some help. We live in Albuquerque. I was just minding my own business, you know? Like Pastor Mike and I were just talking about this the other day, the fact that after you hang out here for long enough, you're going to start walking into every room like, just kind of looking over your shoulder, you know? Like, is is everybody cool in here? You got to stay. You got to stay firme, you know, whenever you're in Albuquerque, low-key, because it's sketchy out here. So what do we do? How do we live our Christian lives? How do we seek justice, love, mercy, and walk humbly with our gods? More importantly, how do we live as soldiers of Christ? How do we live as soldiers of the Spirit? And so really, church, there's only a few verses I want to share with you today, but I want to take the time to elaborate on some key points. I want to share with you the amazing things that God's revealed to me in this time of just being fully surrounded, because I tell you, once you get there, the water is just fine. It's beautiful. So for my sake and for our sake, can we pray real quick before we get started? I know that was the longest intro in the world. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Everyone just do me a favor and with me. Take a nice deep breath in and out. Spirit of God, we just welcome you here once again. We thank you because you've always had your hand on me, Lord. And I know that you've always had your hand on every single person, both watching in person and online. God, I thank you because you've brought us all here for some reason, Lord. So I pray that you reveal that reason for us. You reveal that purpose and allow us to just seek you. Seek you first, Lord. Seek your kingdom because we know once we do that, all these things will be added. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So the first scripture I want to go over real quick, Second Timothy Chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. This is Paul talking to Timothy here. He, uh, he says, Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And see, what I think is really interesting about this verse is um, this verse, or really the entire Bible, has changed so much to me these last few months because the Bible is... It's a pretty big book, right? It's a dense book. And how many of us were known to be the most scholarly people in high school? I know I, know I wasn't. Or I, like, whenever I did show up to class, like, was I even paying attention? That's just kind of the kind of guy that I was in high school. Um, and so reading the Bible has always felt like a challenge to me. You know, it always felt like, how do I get this to say what I need what I needed to say? How do I get this to say what I need to know? When in reality, I'm, I just realized, you know, the Bible was inspired by God. And, in, and if we seek, again, first the kingdom, we will, all these things will be added to us. One of the things I learned recently about the Bible, 2 Timothy, that was written from, from Paul to Timothy, right? 
keep in mind, Timothy was a guy that Paul was kind of mentoring. He was training him up in the ministry. Uh, Paul was a evangelist, minister, missionary, pastor, whatever you want to call him, who essentially covered the entire known world. He was trying to get all the way from like uh, Jerusalem, Israel type area, all the way to Spain type area, which for the Romans at the time was kind of like all that there is, you know? Um, And so he was just on fire for Jesus. And he's giving these instructions to Timothy, his apprentice, the guy who's learning to minister just like Paul. And he's saying, hey, I need you to endure in suffering with me. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for they cannot please the officer who enlists them. We have to understand that when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to the life that we live, Christ is our commanding officer. He is the one who, uh, the Bible says that God sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, you know, and, and that doesn't make too much sense for us because normally it doesn't ever rain here, uh, except for like last week for some reason. But, um, <laughs> But I always think of it like God, God bounces the checks of the righteous and the unrighteous. God signs the checks of the righteous and the unrighteous. God provides to all. And he is the one who enlisted us. And we are here to not get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. We have to somehow, church, as the church, come in here and gather some sort of inner strength so that when we get back out there, we're not looking over our shoulders everywhere we go. No, we need to stand boldly and understand that Christ goes before us. If we seek him first, Christ goes before us, and in that we have all that we need. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm pretty scared of people. Like, people were just kind of scary. I mean, like, first of all, if you know, like, my, my bat family history kind of makes sense. Like, dad, number one, was, was murdered, to, to put it bluntly. He was murdered. And so that does something to a little kid growing up, you know? Dad, number two, wasn't the greatest. I mean, I called him dad my whole life, but he, there was some abuse in, in that marriage. And, you know, hearing that the man that you called father did some damage to your mother, that does something to a kid. I developed a fear of people. And the other night I was praying, uh, and I was, I was praying some bold prayers. I said, God, I want to work with you in the way no one ever has before. God, I want to see you in a way no one has before. Uh, because, no, seriously, like, uh, Tomas is all like, yeah, I, I love you, Tomas. <laughs> but, but seriously, because one thing I realized, you know, I, I, I love studying, and I, I hang out with, with academics from time to time, and there's lots of people trying to hit us with some, some knowledge that, I'm like, I don't know about that. Some people are arguing like, well, Moses didn't really exist. Abraham didn't really exist. And I'm like, well, I'm not a scholar. I don't know. But we do know that David was a man after God's heart. And that David sought God with his whole being. And he, and God blessed David. I said, I said to God that night, I want to work with you like David did. Even better, I want to work with you like David Sanchez. I want you to show me how you want me to serve you. But that night... I realized I was, dang- I was praying some dangerous prayers. Because when you ask, you see God answers. And suddenly, I was just like thinking about all my little moments of insecurity. I was having literal visions of just like scary, scary things, man. I've always dealt with spiritual warfare in my life. I was seeing some things that's like, oh, I haven't seen that guy in a, in a while, you know. What's going on? And suddenly, I'm like, wait a second, there's actually commotion. You know, I, I live in Albuquerque, so there's always commotion out there. But there's a few more gunshots than normal, and then like a bunch of footsteps all right outside my door, and a knock on my door. It's like one in the morning, and I'm like, what's happening, you know? Uh, but but what I realized was, man, I am shooken up. 
I am terrified. What's happening here? The next day, I call uh, one, of my, one of my really good friends, Kevin Duguay. He's the campus pastor over at Mid-America Christian University. And I'm just telling him about all this. And he goes, David, I just sense a spirit of regret and shame that you need to rebuke right now. And I'm like, I don't know how you knew that, but you're spot on. And as I start, we started praying together, and I'm thinking more, and, God, and God's like, David, you're still scared of people. You're scared of how they could hurt you. You're scared of what they could do. You're scared of what, what could happen. But instead, I need to stand firm in what God could do for me, what God can do in me. And it's a process. We can't get entangled in these affairs of civilian life. You see, God's called us to live higher. And uh, th- there's some circles of Christianity that literally say God's called us to a higher state of consciousness, a higher state of knowing, a higher state of being. Because, you see, it used to be I'd, I'd stand right here in front of you and i think, oh, these people are judging me. I am so weird. I just know it. And like, yeah, that might be true. But like, more than anything, God's shown me, hey, wait a second, you guys came in here at the tail end of a long day too. You guys are also thinking about your stuff. You guys are also worried, like, is the minister judging me? There's always that something in the back of our heads, right? See, God's allowed me to see these things, and because of that, he's stripped me of my fear. When I look at you guys, I no longer see a potential threat. I see God's image. And God's called us all to begin looking at people, not for their sin, not for what they're doing wrong, not for what we don't like about them, but for who God called them to be. There was... There was a theologian named John Calvin. Uh, the Baptists really love that guy. I'm not really Baptist. I'm also not really Pentecostal. I'm, I guess I'm Bapticostal, whatever you want to call me. But John Calvin talks about how, how sin just obliterates the image of God that was placed on us. And I don't, I don't really like that too much, but I, I just look at how Scripture talks about it, though. Scripture says that sin separates us, right? Um, but... If you go to any theology classes, they will give you a million definitions of sin. And I was praying to God. I'm like, God, this is so complicated. In systematic theology, they call it harmartiology, the study of sin. I can hardly say it. How am I going to study it? And I'm just praying. God said, David, sin separates. It's simple. Don't get separated from me. Anything that separates you from me is a sin. You don't have to do mental gymnastics to figure out, but it gets even more intense because sin separates us. Are you with me, church? Sin separates people from people. And until we learn to see through that sin and recognize the image of God in each person we encounter, we will always get entangled in their sin. Sin has a way of spreading. It's like a disease. Are you with me, church? But I digress. We know that we can't get entangled in the affairs of civilian life. So instead, what should we do? Well, in the book of Ephesians, Paul calls us to put on God's armor as soldiers. So today, I'm going to quickly read that, and I'm just going to hit you with some, with some points of elaboration, if you would. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 through 17 Paul says, put on all of God's armor so that way you'll be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against the rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. 
Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so that way you may be able to resist the enemy in time of evil. Then after the battle, you will, you will, then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes with the good news that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on your salvation as a helmet. Take on the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But a lot of us have heard this before. Let's be real, church. A lot of us heard this before. I was telling Wally, I'm preaching on it. He's like, I feel like every church is talking about it right now. Like, there's a reason for that. Because God needs us to be equipped right now, church. Like, let's talk about what this armor means. Like, what does a belt do for, for both of us and make sure that this sermon isn't too awkward for either of us holding up my pants? Belts are pretty handy, you know. They support us. They, they, I, I think they complete the outfit, you know. I'm, I'm a tucked-in kind of shirt kind of guy. But our belt is called truth. You notice, what should truth do then if truth is a belt? Truth is what supports us. Jesus says it sets us free. Jesus says he is the truth and whom the Son sets free shall be free indeed. But let me ask you something, church. Why are we using our belt as a weapon? Why are we using a belt as a weapon? God gave us a weapon. And it's not called truth. Our truth liberates us. Our truth, uh, the truth sets us free. It's what supports us. It's what enlightens us. What's that breastplate called? Righteousness. What protects your heart and your organs? Righteousness. The, the, the biblical definition for righteous, at least in the Hebrew, is basically the hunger for justice. Church, are you, do you want justice? When you see what's happening on the streets of Albuquerque, do you want justice? When you see how you've been wrong, do you want justice? Do you trust that God will give justice? Hold on. Do you trust that God will give justice? You see, our righteousness, our hunger for righteousness, it's not our job. It's just what protects us, our passion for it. That's not, that's not an, a weapon. Justice and righteousness is not, is not a weapon. It's what protects us. The shoes of the gospel of peace, church. We have to be ready at all times. But what is it that protects us? What is it that makes our feet ready? The shoes of the gospel of peace. The shoes of the good news. That there is peace for you. Whether you live or you die. To live is Christ. To die is gain. You can stand before anybody. Whatever Burkenua on the street wants to hurt you, dog, I don't care. Whatever evil spirit's coming at you, I don't care. You have the shoes of the gospel. of The, the shoes of the gospel of peace. Your feet are ready. But remember that our gospel is not a weapon. It is our peace. That the good news of Jesus is not a weapon. It is our peace. We have the shield of faith. The Bible says faith is a gift. With the grace and grace alone. But once again, I feel the need to point out our faith is not a weapon either. It is our shield. It is what protects us from the fiery darts of the enemy. When we're out there, out, you know, in the streets of Albuquerque, I, I live not too far from here, so this neighborhood is my neighborhood. Are you with me? I know how crazy it can, it can get out here. When I'm walking at night to my car, I believe, you know what, if, someone, if something happens, if I get carjacked, whatever, who knows, like, it's, it's not the greatest car anyway, so it is what it is, you know? And, like, nobody's looking at my 2006 Corolla saying, I want that, you know? But anyway, 
anyway, when I see someone that looks intimidating, I see someone scary looking, I just think, well, God, I pray you be with them today, just as you are with me. You see, our faith is that shield that protects us from the fiery darts of the enemy. And actually, I'll come back to that thought later. I have a thought for you guys. We'll we'll come back to it. What's our helmet called? What protects our head? Salvation. We have to protect our minds. We have to protect it with our salvation. Again, our helmet is not a weapon. Again, our salvation is not a weapon. It is what covers our mind. Paul says in Romans chapter 12 that we should offer ourselves as a living offering through the the renewal of our minds. We have to protect it. They say that the eyes are the windows to the soul. What, What are we feeding ourselves with? What are, we, what are we putting in our, in our mind, in our hearts, with our music? And more than anything, with your eyes, is the physical world all that you see? Because there is so much more. And I know it gets so easy to get tangled up in it, like, oh, I got that, that payment coming up, and oh, not to mention rent is higher again this year, and this is going on, that's going on. But then there's always that still small voice that, hey, wait a second, there's more. There's more, there's more to life than this. We have to pray to God and ask him to open our spiritual eyes, open our spiritual ears, so that way we can see the things that come from him, the, the, way, the things that come from his spirit. You see, we have a relationship with Christ, right? What kind of a relationship is it? How many of us literally walk with Jesus down Montgomery? Like, like I mean, I know I do, but I never see a second person there with me. Are you with me? We have to open our spiritual eyes, and put on the helmet of salvation. And finally, the weapon, the one thing we got, the sword of the Spirit. That is our weapon. But listen, what is the Spirit? Which Spirit? The Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ. And the Bible, it uses this language on purpose. I'm sure of it. I mean, you know, God did kind of have a hand in inspiring all that, so... The sword can cut through soul and spirit. The Bible uses that language intentionally. Because, let's be honest, we we read that that passage over and over again. uh, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. When When do we read that? When we feel scared. When we feel anxious. We we feel we notice that we have a spirit of fear. Do you notice that overlap? our emotions with what's happening spiritually. Uh, I had a professor who always quoted a, a, a Quaker theologian named David Elton Trueblood. He, he talked a lot about what it means to have a living faith. There's three parts to it. He says, it's an intellectual life of rational thought. It's an inner life of devotion. And it's an outer life of human service. It's the head, the heart, and the hands. You see, we have to have a robust understanding of who we are, of what God's doing, of what we're called to. That spirit can cut through anything. Let me point something else out, too. That, that shield, it was to protect us from what? From the fiery darts of the devil. You notice, why does Satan get darts and we get a sword? He won't even face us face to face. We're about this hand-to-hand combat, but the enemy's out here launching darts at us. Just a simple little mental exercise. God is the creator of what? All. Everything, right? So that means 
somewhere in the midst of all creation is our pain, is our struggles, is our issues. It's the, the enemy, the devil himself. But when on earth has creation ever been able to harm the creator? When on earth has creation ever been able to hold a candle to the might and to the power of our God? Never, never, never. You see, the battle's already been won. The battle has already been won for us. And tonight we need to stand in that victory. We need to stand boldly in what Christ has called us to, to be soldiers of the Spirit. That way, when we get out of this building tonight, we can go and be a blessing to the city of Albuquerque, a blessing to the state of New Mexico, a blessing to APD, to our first responders, to every person that we come across. But you see, church, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. Therefore, I urge you tonight, the altars are open. Come and ask God, open my spiritual eyes, please. Allow me to see the things that you've kept hidden from me. Allow me to see the things that I've ran from, the things that you've gifted me. Because I personally know how much it hurts to run away. You see, church, God loves us so much. Romans chapter 1, though, talks about how God pours out his wrath against all unrighteousness and ungodliness. You want to know how he does it? Romans chapter 1, he turns us over to our sins. He says, go ahead. I love you so much, even though this hurts me so much. Go ahead, because I honor you and I respect you as the created being that I made you, because I gave you my image, and you have that free will, and that's a gift. That's how God demonstrates his wrath. And I know and I know that some of us have gotten real good at fooling ourselves because I was there for so long, church. I know and I know that in the back of our minds, we know, yeah, there's just something happening. I'm trying to pray, but I, I don't know. I promise you, if you come unto the Lord, Jesus says, seek, seek ask, knock. The door will be open." So tonight, if you need prayer, I want to encourage you to come to the altar and ask God to to show you these things that, that we're needing. Because together, church, I believe the people sitting here, the people watching online, we can transform a nation. We can transform a city. Do you know Albuquerque, or Santa Fe actually, is, is one of the oldest capitals in, in continental U.S., but we didn't become a state till 1912. You know, there's, there's been stuff happening here forever. But still, when we leave New Mexico, people are like, oh, did you need a green card to get here? Like, we live in an interesting place, church. And I believe if 12 people can change the whole world with the might of God's spirit, what can we do for the city of Albuquerque? So, church, thank you so much for, for listening here. And I just pray that if God spoke to you, the altars are open. I'll be here praying with you. Thank you, church.
As we surrender ourselves tonight to live by the Spirit, let's continue to worship Him tonight. And if you need prayer, and if you're a prayer partner, I would ask you to come and make your way forward and pray with our family that needs that time. Let's continue to worship, church. Come on. How great the chasm. Sing it. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness or through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written jesus christ my living Seal the promise your buried body, my God, began to breathe out of the silence. The roaring lion declared the grave has no claim. I'll sing it again. Then came the morning, then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe Out of the silence The roaring lion Declared the grave has no claim on me Jesus yours Jesus yours is the victory Sing hallelujah Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Sing it again, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Why don't we just come before the Lord in prayer tonight as we Heavenly Father, we, we thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word, Lord, and that it stands true every time. And we thank you, Lord, that we can always stand and depend on that, Lord, which is your word. Lord, and so cover us, Lord, as we leave this place, but never your presence, Lord. Let the words that were spoken by you and through our brother David here tonight, Lord, just reap 
the benefits, Lord, of eternal life. Lord, moving forward, Lord, with you. And so, Father, be with us tonight, and we thank you for your word again tonight, Lord. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, church, can we celebrate Brother David tonight? And we thank him for his word, for the dedication of his study. Church, before you walk out, I would like to remind you that if you have not yet purchased your tickets to uh, the celebration on the 21st, I would tell you to please do that as, as soon as you can. In Jesus' name, I dismiss you. God bless you, church.